This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. If you choose not to be part of the program on the old phones or, you know, your ears aren't working or whatever. So I mentioned, and this is where you get the payoff, folks. This is how we tease in radio, and this is where you get the big payoff. Mark Murphy who uh, is the president of the Green Bay Packers, been there for a while. He's not that popular in Packerland. You know, here for us in the New York area, maybe you could care less about Mark Murphy, former Penn Stater, uh, if that means anything to you. But as far as, you know, the people in Green Bay go, they think that Mark Murphy's kind of just been sitting on his hands doing nothing. He's not really a football guy. He's more of a, you know, the business side of things as the president. But he has, you know, input on what happens with the football team. So Mark Murphy was at some function. I want to say it was at Wisconsin Green Bay, which is a fine institution out there for higher learning in, uh, in the Wisconsin area. It was, um, I think, like a girls' sporting event or something that he was at. And so he was making the rounds, and he was doing these interviews. So one of them that he did was with ABC uh, Green Bay, the local affiliate out there. And during the two-minute exchange, there was a lot of back and forth about, you know, the future plans and Aaron Rodgers and what the Packers are going to do. So... Here are a few little newsy tidbits from Mark Murphy. And one of them was, you know, with the Brett Favre situation unfolding the way it did 15 years ago, which, of course, then led to Aaron Rodgers taking over the reins of the franchise and led to four MVP awards, a Super Bowl title during that that tenure. Uh, Mark Murphy was asked, what has the organization learned from what happened with Favre now almost seemingly faced with the same circumstances with Aaron Rodgers. Well, obviously, we're very fortunate to have back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And, yeah, it's, it was very early in my tenure, so I remember it very well with, uh, uh, with Brett's situation. And, you know, um, it's kind of that happens in our game. You know, nobody, very few players play for only one team. Uh, and, you know, obviously, Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career here. And... Uh, regardless of what happens, you know, Aaron will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he'll be in our Hall of Fame, and we'll bring him back, he'll retire his number. And, uh, but this is just one of the things that you go through as a team. And, uh, you know, again, you want to try to achieve something that's good for both uh, Aaron and us. Interesting. Did you catch the tense that was used in the word there? Hmm? Did you catch that? Brett had a great career. Aaron had a great career. That's past tense. I would imply there that Aaron Rodgers has played his last game as a Green Bay Packer. At least that's what the Packers want it to be. So, Mark was also asked, do you think this will be resolved sometime over the next few days? Yeah, you know, I think ideally for everybody uh, would be to have this resolved before uh, the start of free agency on March, March 15th. Does his organization believe in Jordan Love? Yeah, we have a lot of confidence in him. I think, uh, you, know, you know, he's we drafted him and developed him. A lot of credit goes to our coaches, uh, you know, and to, and to Jordan. Uh, no, but uh, we do think he's ready. All right, so that's Mark Murphy. Now, there is one other newsy little detail that he dropped, and it wasn't in this interview because, like I said, he made the rounds. He did multiple, multiple chats with the media out there in Wisconsin, one that was not, at least that we don't have the audio of yet, and I haven't even seen it floating around the Internet or anything, but this was with another, um, another network. And the question was asked to Mark Murphy, is there a scenario 
where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? And Mark Murphy's answer was, yeah. I mean, unless if things don't work out the way we want them, yeah, we would. He's obviously a great player. If things don't work out the way that we want them, which is essentially they're telling you, we want Jordan Love to be the quarterback next year. And right now, the ball is in Aaron's court. He's the one that has to decide. And I think not just for Green Bay standpoint, I think for the Jets as well, because those are really the only options here. Well, and they throw retirement into the situation, but he's not going to retire. He's, I, I, I know he's an odd dude, but he's not leaving $59 million there to be had. That's good money. I don't care how much money a person already has in the piggy bank. You're going to go out there and take that money if somebody could give it to you. So if you rule retirement out, it's the Jets or the Packers, and the Packers are basically telling everybody that they don't want him to be the quarterback again next year. They'll take him back as the backup, but you know that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to sit around as a backup, and he's not going to sit around as a backup and get paid $59 million. So it's basically, if he's going to continue his NFL playing career, it's going to be as a member of the New York Jets. That's what that tells you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So at least we get a little bit of a different light on this. And now we know exactly what the Packers are thinking, despite all these rumors, despite all these reports over the last few weeks about do they want him back, do they not want him back. Now we know from Mark Murphy where they stand. Jason's in Pine Bush. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jason, good evening. How are you? What's up, Danny boy? How you feeling tonight, brother? Jay, I'm good. What's going on, my friend? Listen, I appreciate you. I love that you're a Jets fan. I love that you keep it real. I listen to you all the time. You did a great job on filling in for Alan Hahn. Your show is great. Fantastic. I was not going to call tonight, bro. I was chilling, mm-hmm. listening to you. I'm just waiting for news. And then this dude starts popping off at the mouth, talking about Jets fans and Aaron Rodgers and coming at you, which, by the way, nice job on hitting them with the two MVPs. Here's my take, specifically for that Jets fan, as a lifelong diehard Jets fan. Stop popping off at the mouth and stop being an old, crusty Jets fan. Listen, there's only this is how I looked at my offseason as a Jets fan. When you are in the AFC like we are, there's four Mm -hmm. quarterbacks that you're worried about. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Okay, here's my point. Is this Jets team talented enough to beat any one of those teams at at their house, not our house? The answer is yes. Do we beat them six out of ten times? No, we lose 5.5 out of those games every single time. The only way this Jets team can compete with them guys is getting a difference maker, a force multiplier, shout-out Tannenbaum, Somebody who can actually run an offense and make you scared. If you roll with this Jets team to any one of those houses with Aaron Rodgers, are you scared to play Pat Mahomes? No. Do they have a better team? Maybe. If you're a more talented quarterback at this age, probably. But you ain't scared with this Jets team. That's the whole point that this guy's talking about. The whole entire situation was Lamar Jackson, number one, only for this reason, for me. He's younger, and you can keep the core together longer if you get creative with your draft capital. If it wasn't going to be Lamar Jackson, that nobody would have guessed that the Ravens would have botched this. It has to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, what are you guys talking about, Jets fans? Stop talking. Listen to Danny. Let, let him give you some information and stop being ridiculous. I mean, am I, am I, am I crazy here or am I I'm speaking truth here to you, brother? Jay, I, I mean, here's the thing. And I thank you for the phone call. Good stuff. You know that. And, and I appreciate the passion and everything. But, you know, I'm, I'm close to the team. You know, I, I, I get to be a part of the broadcasts, you know, do some stuff for the club. So during the season, I'm in, I'm in the building quite regularly. 
And I don't mean this to knock anybody, but it's just, it's fact. And I'm not breaking any news here. But when I walk into that building, you know, and I swipe my little hand there on the key code, it's kind of like Star Wars type stuff. Like you just scan your hand over the thing, and then this, this, this voice comes up and it says, access granted. It does have like a Star Wars type of feel to it, so it's kind of cool. And then I open the door and I walk in. Right in the lobby there, right, they have like a, a trophy case. And they've got, like, the old jerseys of some of the retired players and so on and so forth. And then they have that one Lombardi trophy. Just one, right? Super Bowl was in January of 1969. Most people listening to this show right now weren't even alive when that happened. And I'm one of them. Wasn't even close to being born yet. January of 1969. Just one. You know, they didn't move the other trophies to another part of the building because, you know, they were going to show them off someplace else or get better light on them. No, just the one. They only have the one, and it's right there. So I keep bringing this up again to Jet fans. If you're on this position and this, like, platform and this, like, high power of we're too good for Aaron Rodgers, because I'm getting a lot of that. Like, that's the overwhelming sense that I've gotten from a lot of fans here over the last few days. It's just, you know, the Jets are too good for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will destroy us. Aaron Rodgers, is, as our pal Vinny said, will turn this Jets team into rock bottom. Huh? Like, th- like I said, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, if you're the Green Bay pa- – and I say the Cowboys, of course, you know, prior to the last 25 years, but they do have a history – You know, the Green Bay Packers. Hell, if you're that other team in New York that has multiple Super Bowl trophies, maybe you've got something to talk about here. But this team and this fan base explain to me what's been so great about the last decade plus. Just just, just enlighten me. You know, where you're so afraid of rock bottom, what has been so out of this world over the last 10, 12 years that you cannot fathom not existing with anymore? All those seasons of not making the playoffs? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Jets have the longest drought of any team in the National Football League of making the playoffs. Forget about going to the Super Bowl, making the playoffs. And you don't think Aaron Rodgers would help? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know everybody wants to talk about Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers doesn't win in the playoffs, lost home games in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. Before you can make the Super Bowl, you got to make the playoffs first. And it's been 12 years since the Jets even figured that part out, just to even make the playoffs. Think about all the crummy teams that get in the playoffs each and every year. Teams that you sit there and say, how the hell are they in the playoffs? Because they have to fill out the quota, that's why. And they have to have the necessary amount of teams. Jets haven't even been good enough to be one of those teams in 12 years. You know, around Thanksgiving this past year, we were all giddy. We thought they were going to make the playoffs. And then Matt Milano decided to crunch Mike White's wibs like they were a couple of Cheerios. And then there goes that wild and crazy dream. But that's the reality here. So, again, you could call and tell me, All this great part of Jet history that I guess I'm having selective amnesia over that I cannot recall at the moment to where things have been so great that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't help. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Also, I know the draft is still about a month and a half away, but huge, huge draft news in advance of probably the highlight of the NFL offseason. That's right. Big old trade went down, which we got to talk about. Dan Grosser Show, we're off and running here until 10 on this Friday, 98.7 ESPN. This 
is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. We've got a good one going on at MSG. One-point game, Marquette and UConn. Penn State Northwestern, a one-point game late in the first half of the Big Ten. Great time of year, great weekend, great week. And we'll find out the field of 68 coming up on Sunday. Love me some college hoops. But the NFL draft is happening at the end of April. And even though the Jets and Giants aren't picking in the top 10 this year, well, there was a notable trade that went down about an hour or so ago. And that involves the number one overall pick in the draft. Anytime the number one pick is on the move, right, it's a big deal. And the Chicago Bears, remember, there was a lot of speculation, a lot of rumblings as to what the Bears were going to do with that number one pick. Some people thought that they might keep the pick and take a quarterback because maybe this regime wasn't 100% dead set on Justin Fields and riding it out with him as their starting quarterback or quarterback of the future, maybe. Or there was also the possibility that they would go ahead and move the pick. Well, they chose the latter, and you can't blame them, too. They trade the pick to the Carolina Panthers. So Carolina, Frank Reich, remember, taking over as the head coach. They move up from nine, and they're going to be able to take their quarterback of the future. And you knew that Carolina was going to go with a rookie quarterback because, remember, the Panthers are one of those teams reportedly that were in on the Derek Carr sweepstakes once upon a time, even though they only had the one meeting with him at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. And I never really bought Carolina as a logical landing spot for Carr because, as I had said, remember, what did in Frank Reich when he was the coach of the Indianapolis Colts? They kept going the veteran retread quarterback route year after year after year, from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan and on and on and on. And then ultimately he got fired. So I don't think he was going to get burned again at his new stomping grounds. Start from scratch. Get yourself the young quarterback. And apparently that's what Carolina is going to do here. So look at the boatload that the Bears get. They get the number nine pick from Carolina. The number 61 pick. So that's a second rounder. That's in this year's draft. Plus they get a first rounder in 2024 a second rounder in 2025. So those are four premium draft choices over the next three drafts. Oh, and by the way, if that's not good enough, Carolina sent them DJ Moore, who immediately becomes the Bears' number one wide receiver. Think about that haul. I mean, that is a hell of a job by Ryan Poles, the new general manager in Chicago. So Bears are all set up. And the great part about it, too, if you're Chicago, I mean, aside from the – the capital that you just got, let's just say for whatever reason, Justin Fields, it goes south. You know, whatever. You know, maybe not seeing eye to eye with the new staff. Maybe just maybe, you know, when they have to decide to pay him, the negotiations get a little bit difficult, and they say, well, you know, we're going to have to move on from him because the contract talks are just not going the way we want. Now Chicago has all this draft capital that they can move up and use that to get a quarterback that they want maybe over the next couple of years if, indeed, things go in that direction. So Bears played this thing brilliantly. Really, you want to give yourself options. You want to give yourself options in life, much less in sports. And the Bears have done that now. So good job by then. If you're Carolina – Whoever this is going to be, whether it's going to be C.J. Stroud, whether it's going to be Bryce Young, whoever. You know, Anthony Richardson is getting a lot of buzz just because of the attributes and the tools. And, you know, he's a little bit raw. But are they that much in love with him where they could justify taking him with the top pick? Whoever it's going to be. Um, you need a quarterback, right? You don't have a chance 
if you don't have a quarterback, if you don't have a guy, and we've been over this thing. I mean, it's no different than the Rodgers conversations we're having. It's why the Jets are in this predicament right now, because they have not had a guy in any way, shape, or form for a good number of years. So we'll see if Carolina gets it right. We'll see what the Bears do trying to build up this football team because Bears are not very good, uh, and they need a lot of work. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Rubino in New Jersey. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Rubino, how you doing? Hey, what's up, buddy? It's a great Friday night. Let's not be sad, Jet fans. It's going to be a great season for us. We're going to Aaron Rodgers. We're going to go nuts. No longer we're going to down those escalators with face paint and a jet on our head. He's going to change our world. Stop saying Aaron Rodgers, the negatives about him. He's fantastic. Remember at the end of the year, after this year, when Aaron Rodgers becomes a Jet, <clears throat> Nike's motto is, just do it. It's going to be a commercial with Joe Namath, Aaron Rodgers, arm in arm, saying, we did it. So let's all be happy and enjoy a season. I've been at 30 games, and I'm sick of losing. So see nothing negative about Aaron Rodgers. What's your alternative? Tell me, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's the thing. Everybody that doesn't want Aaron Rodgers, what's your alternative? You're not getting Lamar Jackson. You're not getting Lamar Jackson. And, oh, by the way, I'm not even 100% convinced that he would indeed be the better option. Like, to me, with the Lamar Jackson situation, I'll say this. And, Rubino, thank you for the phone call. The problem with the Lamar Jackson thing is, does, don't you think that y you smell a rat a little bit? That the team that knows him better than anybody is not necessarily willing to bend over backwards and give the guy what he wants? Right? Don't you think there's a little bit of maybe trepidation on the Ravens' part? And the Ravens, by the way, like I mean, you know, I keep talking about the trophy case. You go into the Ravens' place, they got a couple of trophies there. One fairly recently. You know, those guys win virtually every single year. They find their way into the playoffs. They know what they're doing. Ravens have said goodbye to really, really good players over the years and continue to restock and reload. It's a smart organization. My advice to Lamar Jackson would be not that he needs my advice, but, you know, he might be cruising around right now listening to the show, you know, just trying to get some sports, take his mind off, you know, the, the negotiations. I guess they're a little contentious. Here's my advice to Lamar Jackson. Ready? Lamar, if you're listening, get an agent. Seriously. I know that maybe you want to hold on to the 10%, but think about the money that you're going to have coming your way. That 10% is going to be nothing for you. It's going to be like couch cushion change. It'll make your life a hell of a lot easier. Just get the agent. You know, call 1-800-AGENTS. You know, they'll give you somebody. It'll help facilitate the deal. You know, work through some of the unpleasantries that these negotiations can bring out. That would be my advice to him because maybe, just maybe, they'd be able to broker a deal. I mean, look at what Daniel Jones Call Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones fired his agents. Once he's been with since he came into the league at CAA, goodbye. And he went to the athletes first, people, and voila. He's got himself, what, $82 million coming to him in the next two years. That's $82 million more than Lamar Jackson's got coming to him over the next couple of years, at least for now. Call Daniel. He'll tell you exactly what you have to do, who you got to call. He'll share numbers, maybe give you some emails, whatever. That might help things along. And if not, you know, can't say we didn't try. Uh, Ira's in Staten Island. It's good to catch up with him here on 98.7. Ira, good evening. How are you? Hey, good evening, Dan. Just to hit on a couple of things. First of all, that trophy, and I know it's 54 years ago, 
Yeah. But one thing, and, and it's been way too long since we've had another one, but you can never take it away from them because it's always going to go down where they were the first AFC team to oh. win it. 100%. It, it was you know, it's one of the most important games in professional football history. Absolutely. That's right. Now, hopefully there's going to be But you know what, Ira? You know what, Ira? I got to be honest with you. I, I, I walk by that trophy case a lot, and, and the trophy talks. I, I, I never said this before. Uh, yeah, I know. He, it talks. Know. The trophy I... talks. And, and there have been a couple of occasions where he said to me, he said, psst, psst, hey, come over here. Hey, I want a friend. I need some company. <laughs> Even the trophy doesn't want to be alone any longer. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. The Lamar Jackson talk, forget that. You know, you got to have the right personnel, the right type of coach that's going to build an offense around him, and this guy gets hurt all the time. Forget all of this. The whole Aaron Rodgers thing, listen, it, it, the Jets are in it. They're just way too deep for this not to happen, whether it happens while we're talking, whether it happens Monday. Things going to go down unless this guy just happens to decide he doesn't want to play football. And, and with that said, you know, let's get to the rest of the team. You know, we know what Aaron Rodgers could do. We got to solidify, and everybody knows it, okay? You got to fix this offensive line. That is the most critical part about the success for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets going forward. Because if they can't get this offensive line to perform as one of the top, you know, top 10 offensive lines in this league, then they're going to struggle. They're not going to be able to run the ball well. They're not. Aaron Rodgers is going to have time. So, to me, once the Aaron Rodgers deal is done, I think the full focus has to go completely on this offensive line. I don't disagree with you. I, I really don't. And, Ira, thanks for the phone call. And, look, they're going to have options. I mean, Mekhi Becton, uh, and, again, you got to go out there and do it, and he's barely played over the last two years. But Mekhi Becton, I mean, if you follow him on social media and you see the pictures that he's posting every single day, I mean, he's, he looks fantastic. You know, he's like auditioning to be like a male model or something. I mean, the guy is is, is, is slim. That's going to be his new nickname, Slim, Slim Becton. He looks like he's in fantastic shape, but you got to go out there and play football. I'm actually pumped to hear that Dwayne Brown is coming back. I think that's real, real good news. Um, the dude's a warrior. He's well-respected in that locker room. And I think that if he's healthy, and he wasn't healthy all last year, you know, that's, he was basically playing with one arm. And from what I could gather, the work that he had done in the offseason here on that arm, I think it was a little bit more extensive than maybe what was initially reported. But nevertheless, he should be good to go come the start of training camp. I think Dwayne Brown is a guy you could plug in right now and, and have him play one of the tackle positions, right? I know that Becton is iffy, but you're going to have Max Mitchell coming back. Um, AVT, figure that he's going to play guard. Again next year, you know, you have Lake and Tomlinson still under contract for another season. I, I don't think that it's going to take an extensive overhaul with the offensive line that maybe some people think it will. It's more, I, I think they were a victim of bad luck due to injuries last season more than anything else. Yeah, they'll bring in a body or two, and you could, you could guarantee that Joe Douglas is going to draft an offensive lineman in some round just because, you know, he's a former offensive lineman. That's his mentality. But you're right. I mean, look, I don't care who the quarterback is. If you don't have an offensive line, you're not going to have a shot for that guy to be successful. Uh, Anthony Valhalla is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How are you? Anthony, we're great. What's going on? Well, I am a long-suffering Jets fan, and I have been ever since the uh, Testaverde days and Chad Pennington. 
And I'm very excited to have the potential to have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's it, it's it's mind-boggling to think that there's an actual good Jets team, and all we really need is a very good quarterback to take us to the promised land again. I mean, I haven't thought this way in such a long time. I mean, the best season that we had in recent years was with Fitzpatrick, and we didn't make mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, you know, so it's exciting. It's exciting to see it happen. I'm just hoping that the rest of the AFC East isn't that challenging where it's it's a hard hump. But you need to have Aaron Rodgers to compete in this division, I feel like, right now. And I think the Jets are at a good point to do it. And, um, you know, to have the offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year, I mean, those are some great things. And I think that, you know, again, with a veteran quarterback like him and his demeanor and his personality, he'll thrive in this city, in in this environment, and with his team. So I'm excited. And I hope that if they keep Zach Wilson – you know, he's able to coach him up and keep him under his wing, too. I, I, I think that's so far down the list, the Zach Wilson part about things, Anthony. And, and I thank you for the phone call, and it's a good call, right? I, I mean, right now, if you're a Jet fan, you worry about just getting the guy in who's going to be your starter and who's going to give you instant credibility when you walk out onto the field. You know, whatever happens with Zach Wilson, you know, you, you let that stuff happen organically. And it may work out here, it may not work out here. I, I wouldn't get my hopes up. That's just me. You know, and the other thing, I I wanted to bring this up as well. One of the other callers earlier in the show mentioned this about, you know, the schedule and the teams that we have to play next year and all these other things. Guys, rule of thumb, right? Don't worry about the opponents. Don't worry about who's on the schedule in the month of March, right? Don't worry about it even in the summer. Because the great thing about the NFL is the turnover from one season to the next. You don't know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. A team right now that you have to play might look like a a behemoth and you got no chance to beat. Think about this past year, right? We all thought the Seahawks were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. We thought the Giants were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Everybody that had them on their schedule, they probably said, oh, that's a win. That's a win. That's a win. And what happened? They both made the playoffs. They were better than people thought. And then there were teams that we thought were going to be real good that turned out to be terrible, right? Like that AFC West. Remember before the season last year, everybody thought that AFC West was going to be murderous. So much so that they didn't even think Kansas City was the clear-cut best team in it because Denver got Russell Wilson because the Raiders, you know, got Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels was the coach. The Chargers reloaded again with Justin Herbert and all their players. And what happened? Three of the teams were dreadful. And the Chiefs went on and won the Super Bowl. So you just don't know in this league, right? Nobody does. And that's what makes it so exciting. One of the reasons why it's so exciting and the number one sport that we have. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Monday it all starts, right? With the unofficial tampering and teams starting to get into position, cutting players, making moves, getting under the salary cap to see if they could do some creative things next week when free agency starts. We talked about the Giants earlier in the week with Daniel Jones and what other moves they maybe have in store, plus what a couple of other teams did. Teams that, hey, maybe had some good seasons last year, but are going to have a whole different look next season. We'll talk about some of them as we move forward. Dan Gross' show till 10, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Um, so, you know, we talked a lot about the Giants earlier in the week because Daniel Jones got paid. They got that done before they had to deal with any potential headaches, and the headache in that case would be the franchise tag on the quarterback, which would count $32 bucks on the salary cap 
for the upcoming season. And that, to me, is the genius of this whole thing. And a good job, really, by Joe Shane, the general manager, because, you know, the way this contract is structured for Daniel Jones, the cap hit this year for the Giants is just going to be $18.5 million. So think about that. 18 and a half as opposed to 32, which it would have been if he got hit with the franchise tag. So that's 14 million bucks that the Giants are going to have to play with once free agency starts next week. And that's big because, look, Giants have a lot of holes that they have to fill. You know, this isn't anything new. We've talked about it. Yeah, they made the playoffs last year. They exceeded all of our wildest dreams and expectations, and they won a playoff game and, and those type of things. But they still got work to do. And they got exposed pretty good on that Saturday night in Philadelphia that when they went toe-to-toe with the team that went to the Super Bowl, you saw that drop-off. And what's the best way to go about trying to close that gap? Well, you got to bring in some talent. And when you look at this Giants team, it's obvious that, you know, there are several areas that they could use an upgrade. And I think you have to start on offense with the skill position talent because if you're the Giants, and really if you're any team, but in this case we're talking about them, what sense does it make to give your quarterback $82 million in the first two years of his contract if you're not going to go out there and surround him with playmakers? You know, it would be football malpractice if the Giants went out there and, and told the offense and told Daniel Jones, hey, you know what, man, we're going to run it back with Isaiah Hodgins, with Richie James. Like, those are going to be, you know, your primary receivers. You know, the David Sills of the world. No, that's, that, that's not how it's going to go. You know, we're going to hope that Wandale Robinson, you know, stays healthy and he's going to be able to go out there and, you know, give us some good reps, which, you know, he still can. But the Giants got to upgrade the skill position talent first and foremost. You know, I could expect the Giants to be using multiple picks on wide receivers this year, hoping that they strike gold, because that's the only way that this Daniel Jones contract is going to look good. Right. That's his best chance of being successful. That's his best chance of justifying after a couple of years, the Giants may be even ripping up this contract and giving him a new one. Because don't get hung up on the four years. Don't get hung up on the $160 million. Hell, don't even get hung up on the $40 million AAV. It's really a two-year deal. $82 million, first two years. $94 guaranteed at signing. That's kind of what you're looking at because that's the majority of the money that's going to be paid out over that time. And afterwards, if the Giants want to get out from it, like if Daniel Jones stinks it up for the next couple of years or, you know, if, if he suffers an injury or for whatever reason, the organization sours on him. If he doesn't take that next step, there is going to be that leash and that opportunity for them to get out from under the contract or probably what they hope is that he plays lights out. He gets even better. And then after a couple of years, they say, you know what, we got to lock this guy up long term. And then we're going to pay him even crazy, crazy, crazy money for a quarterback. And if you're a Giant fan, that's what you want to have happen. But he is not going to elevate his play until you get him the pieces necessary. And look, it sounds like Saquon Barkley is going to be here, too. You know, they have until the middle of July to work out a contract. And look, if they don't, he's going to get paid 10 million bucks on the franchise tag. It's non-exclusive, but non-exclusive doesn't really mean anything because you really think that there is a team that in their right mind would call up the Giants and say hey Joe we're going to give you the two first round picks for Saquon Barkley (laughs) he's a running back you know they're not giving up two first round picks for him so Barkley's going to be here question is is it going to be the one-year franchise tag or are they going to be able to work something out to where he's going to be sticking around for a little while longer and maybe just maybe even bring that cap hit down 
from the $10 million, at least for the upcoming season here. So a lot of decisions that the Giants and company have to make. You know, what do they do with Leonard Williams? That's a pretty big cap hit that they have to deal with right now. There's other areas on this team that could use some shoring up. Um, linebacker specifically. I saw that they re-signed Jared Davis already, which I I've talked about the Jared Davis story a couple of times here. I mean, the Giants picked him up basically off the Lions practice squad late in the season this year, and Jared Davis became a starting player for them. This is a guy who was, like, ready to retire a couple of years ago because he began his career in Detroit. You know, he, he, he fell out of love with football. I mean, playing for the Lions will do that for you. And then the Jets signed him in, what was it, 2021 with the idea that he was going to be a starting linebacker. He gets hurt in the game in Green Bay that they played in the preseason, and that really just wrecked his season. He never could get on track. Um, fell out of the starting lineup, played sparingly, got hurt again. And then the Lions signed him back to the practice squad going into 2022 and really wasn't doing much for them there. And then the Giants were so damn desperate, they raided the Lions practice squad looking for a guy who was going to come in, not just to add depth, but to freaking play. To play. And, you know, Giants liked what they saw, and they brought him back. So, you know, he's one guy, but I don't think he's somebody you call a difference maker. I mean, in a perfect world, you probably don't even want him being one of your starting linebackers. And he's still relatively young, but you got to upgrade the talent. You just do. You know, and in that secondary, got to increase the depth of the corner position. Look at how they were just ravaged with some of those injuries at corner. And for a defensive boss like Wink Martindale, who likes to blitz as soon as he's getting off the bus, you got to have guys that can cover. You got to have guys that you feel comfortable being out on an island with one on one. Because otherwise, you're going to get exposed. And there were some teams, especially I thought in the tail half of the season, that really exposed the Giants in that regard. The game that stands out to me, that Thanksgiving game in Dallas, that, you know, they were hanging around, hanging around. And then in the second half, it just became too much for these guys, you know, the Fabian Moreau's of the world, to ask them to go out there and cover when maybe they're not accustomed to that. You know, the Cordell Flots, guys like that. So there's no crime against having too many good football players. And it's kind of an exciting time, too, if you're a Giant fan, because this is really the offseason where you're going to learn just what kind of general manager you have in Joe Shane. Right? This, and ready? You got the Daniel Jones thing out of the way? Let's see what he does for an encore, because there's still a lot of work to be done. He'll be the first one to tell you. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Chris in Long Island is up next here on 98.7. Christopher, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Chris. Um, so I wanted to discuss this Daniel Jones situation because all I hear on the radio all week is everybody loves the deal. It's a great deal. And it's as though we're forgetting that for three years he was one of the worst quarterbacks in football, a turnover machine. And then he comes in this year, they decline his option, and mm -hmm. basically Dayball hides him. He doesn't let him throw the ball downfield. The guy barely threw any touchdown passes. If my memory serves, he was bottom five in the league in throwing TDs, which is yeah, number one in your job description. And they played a soft schedule. They played a team with a decent defense that, you know, knew enough to put eight in the box to stop Barkley from running. He folded. So this idea that he's going to, uh, you know, I don't know, turn into a franchise quarterback to me is is silly. I had seen no evidence of it. Anything could happen, but I see no evidence that this is a guy that's going to lead the New York Giants to a football championship. And I, 
I'm very skeptical that this is a good deal, and I think the Giants secretly know that. I don't think Dayball's in love with him, which is why he never really gave him the keys to the car last year. And well, unfortunately Chris, for the Giants, he got exposed in the Philly game. Chris, it t- the only problem is, and look, the things you said about his production and his you know, touchdown passes and that sort of thing, I mean, you're not wrong, but remember, a quarterback, you could have the greatest quarterback in the world if he's got nobody to throw to then you're not really going to throw too many touchdown passes, right? Because if opposing defenses all season long, they basically just stacked the box, dared the Giants to beat them through the air, and with that suspect cast of characters he had at wide receiver, I mean, those guys have to win battles too. And these guys are dudes that they just essentially plucked off the street because of the injuries and everything that they had. So, I mean, it's not like he was blessed with a wealth of talent around him. That's why, you know, all things considered, that's why they also incorporated a lot of run elements into the offense. And how many design runs did Brian Dayball, you know, uh, dial up this year for Daniel Jones, taking advantage of his size and his athleticism, some of the things that, you know, he used to do with Josh Allen up in Buffalo. So you're not wrong in saying that there's room for improvement, but if you're the Giants right now, And if this coach believes that he can win with him, which he did this past year, right? They got to the playoffs, even though that's not the ultimate goal. But here's the beauty of the deal as well, and I didn't bring this up. You mentioned the 50-year option that they declined, right? If they had picked up that 50-year option, that would have been $22.5 million charge on the cap for this upcoming season. So they only got the charge for $18.5 million on a brand-new contract extension. So they're still saving $4 million for this upcoming season as opposed to even if they would have picked up the 50-year option. So to me, it's genius. Yeah, I mean, look, I think maybe we saw the ceiling last year. I, I'm interested. Look, if he gets a tougher schedule this year and he's got some weapons around him, and then he's got the contract, it's time to put up or shut up. But if he comes back and they win seven games, I think it's going to be a very disappointing time for Giant fans. Well, here, here's the reality, though. And, and, Chris, thanks for the phone call. All right? And, and I don't want to spell gloom and doom for the Giants, but this is the reality with any team. Giants could have a better team. Daniel Jones could be a better quarterback, individually have a better season next year, but the Giants could win less games. It's the reality of the NFL. Right? The league is a gauntlet. And, yes, you look at the division that they're in. Giants only won one game last year against their division. So if that's immediately what you want to stack yourself up against and that's a measuring stick, you won one game against the NFC East. And I don't think those teams are going to be bad by any stretch. So there is some work to do, yes. But like I keep saying, just because the deal is four years, 160, it's not even a four-year deal. Daniel Jones does not have to be the giant quarterback for the next four years. And now in a perfect world, you hope he is. You hope it's like a Phil Simms story all over again. Phil Simms was a guy who, you know, was getting benched, couldn't stay on the field. Remember, Bill Parcells benched him for Scott Bruner once upon a time. Phil Simms was a first-round pick. The fans were booing, and they couldn't stand, and why the hell did they take this guy? And then, oh, by the way, he became a Super Bowl MVP. You hope Daniel Jones can author that same script. But again... Think of it as a two-year deal. If it doesn't work out for the next two seasons, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And then they're going to find a new quarterback. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. We'll get into the Knicks stuff to start the next hour. Dan Grasser Show. We roll till 10 right here on a Friday, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>